So what happens to your parents happens to you. Whether you agree with that fact or fight it or even are aware of it. to another episode. I am thrilled to have Jess Hagen with me today. I have been very involved in the Family Constellations community over the last six to eight months. And I think this is a really powerful modality that can help in a lot of ways, help you get what you want and grow and expand. And you know that I like to expose you to things like that. So welcome to the podcast, Jess. Really excited to have you. Hi, Melanie. I'm so excited to be here. So I thought we would start with just a little explanation of where family constellations originated and um, and kind of how you came across it or what how you got how you became called to mm. become a facilitator. Wonderful. Sounds great. So family constellations work is a group dynamic healing resource. So it uses uh, the energy of a group of people, at least six, um, uh, optimally. And it came from uh, indigenous tribes of Africa, because they all lived together. And when one of them had a problem, the whole village had a problem. (laughs) And so they were like, we don't want to have to put up with this. We want to find a solution to whatever's bothering you. So they uh, formed a circle. And the person who had the problem was asked to choose people in the circle to uh, stand in as representatives for an aspect of the issue that's troubling them. And magical, amazing things started happening. And the the African tribes that were doing this had been doing this since time out of mind. And then after World War II, a man named Bert Hellinger uh, decided to leave Germany for understandable reasons and live uh, with the Zulu. And they taught him this, among many other things. And he received constellations um, from this village. Uh, They were not called constellations. They were called what the Zulu call it. and he healed his pain. And then they said, you're feeling better now. You need to go back to your own country. (laughs) And so he did. And he brought his, this work to Germany and it was so effective. It expanded throughout Germany and extended through all of Europe. And it started to heal the trauma of the two wars uh, in on mass. So large volumes of people were releasing a lot of trauma and pain pretty much instantly. Uh, And so from that time period, the Constellations work has just continued to expand and adapt to modern needs. And I became a facilitator of Constellations work because after over two decades of searching for uh, assistance with some 
pretty deadly pain that I was experiencing in my life, I was about to just give up the concept that there was help. And one last ditch effort brought me to a workshop and I received a constellation that saved my life. And so I can't exactly, you know, articulate it, but I can explain what my problem was. And that can explain what constellations offers. So I was suffering from uh, suicidal depression and nothing in my life warranted that uh, extreme state of being. I had uh, a man who totally loved me and I was married to him. I lived in a place that was sunny every day. I lived in a, a, a enough uh, space, like I wasn't crowded. I had enough to survive each day. There was nothing causing me to feel like I didn't want to be alive. It was a mystery. And I was going to uh, therapists. I was doing all kinds of investigations as to what was wrong with me. Uh, and also really struggling with trying to stay alive. I was, there was a part of me that was being pulled towards taking actions. And it got to the point where uh, some days, all I could do that day is sit on my hands and just say, my job today is to stay alive and not take an action <laughs> that would end my life. And the only reason I feel I stuck with it was because there was this part of me that was kind of irritated that there wasn't an, a logical explanation as to why I felt that way. It felt like it was happening to me. And so I survived that by a force of will. And Lynn, very soon after that, I got a call from my mother who um, said, Oh, guess what? Chuck DeStallo killed himself. And when I heard that, I was like, who is that? And it took me a good minute to say, oh, oh, my father just committed suicide. I had never met my father. And I didn't really even understand that I had one. And that he was still alive. And then in that moment, I realized he was no longer alive and that he had actually committed suicide. And so the link between my desire to commit suicide found its connection. And then I experienced a constellation that explained to me that we are connected to our family system beyond conscious awareness. The way my father was feeling was the way I was feeling. I was feeling his feelings and I didn't even know him. He was across the country from me. When I realized that he died, everything changed about my desire to die. I didn't follow after him. And so our parents are kind of like a, an analogy would be kind of like a, you're rock climbing with a partner and you're both connected to ropes and one of you falls and the weight of that um, connection is going to challenge your strength to stay on that wall 
and stay alive. So what happens to your parents happens to you. Whether you agree with that fact or fight it or even are aware of it. And so when I was able to have that realization um, and heal a desire, a personal desire to not be alive, I knew I'd found a, a true healing modality and I dedicated my life to it because I, I don't just think it's effective. I know it's effective. And now I see it happening every single time I run a constellation. Real change happens in these uh, setups. The Zulu, the, the ancient tribes, they, they knew the importance of understanding where you came from. You were born into a family between two people. Those people are real and they have a very strong effect on you. Whether or not you're at peace with that, it's true. And so constellations work is not necessarily about bringing you to peace with your family system. It's about helping you understand the, that it is having an effect on your life. So we, a lot of people don't, the hardest part about my work is explaining that title and the we call it officially, we call it family constellations and People don't necessarily want to engage that because most people who have had struggles with their family want to get away from their family. They don't want to. They, it's like I've given them enough energy, but what they don't realize is that they're still giving them the energy, whether they admit it or not. And so in order to truly effectively get away from the effects, the negative effects that your family has on you, it turns out that you need to turn around and look at those dynamics. And that's what we call shadow work. And that's what I've dedicated my life to. Well, it's interesting because that idea of illuminating the patterns doesn't mean you have to change anything about how you're living your life. So for example, many constellations end up having to do with the felt experience of boundaries being violated. And then resolution is often, often has to do with healthy boundaries and that, and the whole point in, in my experience of family constellations, as we do them is that it's a shared experience. There are other human beings you are relating with. There's energy and dynamics that you feel in your body that you see represented in the, in the field with the people representing that cannot be replicated in another way. Meaning, for example, talk therapy. It is not the same to talk about something as it is to experience it in your body. And frequently I have seen that family constellations illuminates things that you didn't even think about. So you're not consciously aware of everything going on in your family system or even in your own in your own system right we all have unconscious and subconscious patterns running and constellations helps just illuminate them like hey this is a thing that's happening and once you see it then your life is never the same you can't unsee it you can't unsee that and and that's where integration comes in right how we integrate from an experience like that is is a thing that we'll talk about but just being able to see this is something that's been running in my system is, is transformative. And sometimes 
really surprising. Just like, whoa, I had no idea that was there. I didn't even know that ancestor. I didn't even know that part of my family, you know, story. And yet this is part of why I have, for example, not been making the kind of money I've wanted to make, not had the happy love relationship that I've wanted to have, felt isolated and alone my whole life, not had the kinds of close friends that I've wanted to have, right? Real things in your real life (laughs) that you want, if you have repeatedly not been getting them, there is often an obstacle and sometimes a few obstacles. And, you know, I was guided at some point because there's lots of different constellations facilitators. And there was someone I, I spoke with who said, when you're dealing with a big thorny issue, then you probably want to be getting at least three constellations on that because there often are layers. It really is like layers of an onion and the thing that you want is at the center. And so just know this isn't a one and done. You get a constellation and magically poof, you know, for example, I think um, a lot of people that listen will resonate with your story about wanting to die. You know, we were just talking about that on a coaching call recently of that drive is is common, a lot more common than we think and really hard to talk about because people get worried. You don't want to burden them. It feels too big, too much, et cetera, but it's pretty common. And that kind of, that kind of, um, experience sometimes has layers in your case. It sounds like this was a major transformational experience having this constellation and sometimes there are layers and it, and it's sort of like shedding, shedding old clothes. So we're going to talk about different kinds of constellations and different kinds of um, reasons people come and get them done. But I think that there's something really um, meaningful about what you said with respect to the origin of this work, which is your problem is my problem. So in a, in a small community, arguably in any community there, the illusion of separation goes away when you are living with people in close proximity, this person having night terrors wakes me up that person withdrawing from their family and just being depressed all the time. I feel that at our shared meal. So we affect each other. And so that perspective of I take care of you because you mean something because you're part of my community is also, I take care of you because I'm in pain when you're in pain. So there's a shared sense of purpose that I think in the West, we, we kind of get away with not taking care of each other very well in part because we live in these really isolated little boxes and we don't see each other's pain all the time. But I can tell you as someone who's run house, you know, group houses, when you're in close proximity with people. Yeah. Your problem is my problem. So I invested in helping you with your problem for several reasons. And there's something deeply wise about that, that I think we've lost in modern culture that I love about this work is, is we are inherently connected and there's something really special that happens in constellations where we bond on a deep level, going through these constellations with folks in a totally different way than talking Right. Then talking about about something, we are doing something together that is meaningful. And there's something I really love about that. Yes. The language of the heart, the language of the heart. So speaking of the heart, I think, you know, I think that for a lot of my clients, the 
the things that are in the way for them with respect to a healthy love relationship uh, are invisible, right? Sometimes they have a sense of what they are. Sometimes they don't have a sense of what they are. Um, so uh, yeah, I was hoping to go through a couple of examples of, you know, actual clients that have come with, with, uh, with a, with a thing. Yes. <laughs> with, an with an issue, with a with conflict. An yes. And, um, yeah. Can you explain a little bit about how you guide people through kind of explaining their, their issue and anything else that goes along with that when they're starting a constellation? Sure. Yes, absolutely. The first priority of a facilitator for constellations work is to meet the person where they are. I have, I I know a lot of the worldview about constellations work and I could spew it at you and you know, you will understand what I'm saying, but you're not ready to actually uh, let it affect and change you. Uh, You're wherever you are. And it's probably a place of frustration. And if I don't give you room to be frustrated, you're not going to listen to me. So we start with what's true about you. And then we gently find the way, gently is the key, gently find a way to speak to your form of logic that will guide you out. So logic is not always logical. It's basically just a system of drawing conclusions. But if you have a flaw in your math, your conclusion will be in error. And the way we discover uh, a flawed logic is the results are not what you want. (laughs) So we conclude, logically, something needs to be reviewed in your process of decision-making or your process of uh, what actions you're taking. And so... Um, I think I have an example. Yes. A quick example. So I, my part of the origin of my work is I've worked with survivors of sexual abuse for a long time, adult survivors, and a very common pattern in adult survivors of sexual abuse is to be overweight, overweight, sometimes even obese. And, and so you'll have, let's say a woman who cannot lose weight, man. She is trying, she's doing all the diets. She's doing all the exercise. She just can't lose the weight. And it turns out that underneath there's a part of her that believes I am safer. If I have this weight on, I am safer in the world. I am less likely to be abused if I'm holding the weight. And of course, like to your point, logically, there is a way that that makes sense. There is a way that that part of her is holding on tooth and nail just to this concept of the most important thing to the system is safety. This is a way we can be safe. I want to be safe. This is what we're doing. And And the logic, the logic of that um, pathway would be um, if I make myself unattractive. Exactly. Which concludes that you should, it's dangerous to, to be attractive, but being attractive feels so good because it's the right way to be. And so now you're in a fight. Exactly. And so there's this conscious part of her that's like, I want to lose weight. I want to, you know, yes. I want, I want this. And then there's this unconscious subconscious part. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Exactly. And so the point of work like this is to get at that is to illuminate that pattern. Mm-hmm. And it comes from somewhere important. So I just wanted to, to say that when we're talking about logic, it's not always from your brain or your, yes. you know, it's sometimes from your body and there are very good reasons yes. for it. And that the whole point is to kind of bring those to light. And we don't necessarily know what logic we're running and we get baffled by our reactions. 
And that is when we want to look at something objectively. And Constellation's work is, by, uh, is thus far the most objective we can get. We can't find uh, pure objectivity because everybody has their individual perspectives. But because of the work um, is founded around the concept of the knowing field, we have invited a larger um, system than our own selves. And I believe that all healing to be truly effective does need to connect to a spiritual dimension. And I feel like the spiritual dimension is what is missing in, in uh, pharmaceuticals or other uh, modalities. Not that it can't be connected. It's just missing at this time. And a person can connect spiritually to a, a pharmaceutical pathway, but if they don't, there's going to be a struggle. Yes. I love the way that you put that, especially, I feel like you have lived experience of that. So it's, yes. it's like you, have, you have street cred on that. I happen you to know so for a fact you can survive death, uh, deadly impulses without pharmaceuticals. I know for a fact, but I also know for a fact that everybody's journey is honored as their journey. And I know that your logic could bring you towards um, the, the, the usefulness of a pharmaceutical. And, and I am in no way uh, going to, to in any way judge what I think you should do. I found this, uh, and that's another point, we, we are the makers of our healing system. We, because that's the only way it's going to happen. We assign effectiveness to the modality we choose. And that's a connection to the spirit. It's actually a belief. You have arrived at a belief that healing is possible. And then the next step is, how do you want to do it? It can be through pharmaceuticals. It can be through um, talk therapy. It can be Whatever you want, and that's kind of the fun part. Once you decide it's possible to meet somebody you can truly trust and fall in love with and give your heart to, once you believe it's possible, then the how is the fun part. How will you get the, the, to excavate all of the anger and the resentment and the, the grief? And those things do need to happen, but they can't happen until you decide you want it to happen. And that's conviction. Conviction is the foundation of all healing. And I, I, that is why um, the snake is the symbol of healing. If you look at the snake, uh, you are baffled by how it moves because it has no arms or legs. It moves because it wants to. It's just a pure example of conviction. It's an exclamation point of, yes, I'm going to do this. And so once you arrive there, the how is the fun part. Well, it's, it's perfect because that, that conviction, right? That desire, I want something different. Yes. I want to make more money. I want a healthy relationship. I, I believe it's possible. I want a thriving community. I don't know how to get there. That's true. I, I am willing to do things. To learn. To learn. I am willing to do things. I'm willing to try this. I'm willing to try that. I think there's, there's an essence of openness that is required for growth, which is what you're pointing to. And that is often when, for example, if you're listening to this episode, 
family constellations might be for you. What I have found is that when you are convicted, when you do have that desire, when there is a drive in you to learn, it's often been said that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I have found that to be true in my life. When I have really said to life, okay, I want this. I really want this. Show me the way. I don't know how to get there. That's when the right book, the right podcast, the right teacher, the right healing modality, the right thing shows up. And I do believe that we are being guided. I do believe that there is, like you said, a knowing field that has way more data points than we have. Way, way more. Billions and billions and trillions. It has all of them. It has all of them. All of them. Of course, when we say, you might know better than me. <laughs> you know, I would Very like wise. some help, please. You know, I remember a friend of mine was job hunting for, I swear it must've been at least 13 months, over a year, could not find a job, just, it wasn't happening. And she decided to just give it over and say, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Please she help me. In her heart, right? In her heart, she gave it over. It's not like she did something outside, but I think she got a job within six weeks. Yeah. And it was a major turning point in her life. That experience of, I've been trying to do it all myself. Yeah. It's not working. It's also really tiring. And I'm kind of depressed. Let me just try this. Like, I just please like help me with this. And then it shows up. So I think there's a way that family constellations is an elegant representation of that, of like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, you say that every time we start constellations, we don't know what's going to happen. This is an adventure. We are investigating what's going on, but we don't have an agenda. We don't, we don't know where it's going to go. That's part so- of holding. To that, uh, I would actually um, invite your audience listening uh, to to see if they could say, I have been trying to, to find a partner. I've been trying to make this connection. I am, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to make it happen. I am going to step aside and see if this larger field of energy can just carry me through it carry me to what I need to open, to have that happen. And that's, I step aside and let creation and the universe lead the way. Cause it's going to have a lot more um, effective ideas than I could ever come up with. I don't have to make this happen. I don't need to fix anything. I just need to believe it's possible that change can happen. I don't know how to figure out. I don't have to figure out how to change it. Yes. And let's, let's, yeah, let's start to give some examples. Cause I think this sure. is an interesting um, concept of, you know, I've been trying for a while. I don't know. Yeah. I, I can't oh. seem to attract the right partner. Um, it's not happening for me. Uh, yeah. I have, I've tried, I've tried a bunch of things. It's still not working. And, and it's a very, it's a really understandable struggle that can lead to a, a belief that it's just not possible because the you're constantly faced with the results of they're not there they're not there and the work of spirituality is to stop looking at what's in front of you and over the literal thing in your face towards the possibility of it arising that's the that's the the decision to to say okay what's in front of me is not necessarily the facts 
what's in front of me changes all the time. This can change. So then I place my attention on what it takes to connect to peace and connection. So I, I experience, oh, they, they don't call me or this didn't work out again. Well, okay. I can, I have two choices. I can conclude that it's hopeless or I can conclude that, okay, well, I'll try again. I'll keep trying. There's a little analogy I'll, I'll, I'll describe briefly that I read somewhere where it just takes what it takes. So we have a, a, a room and the room has a block of ice in it and the room is freezing. And each day we turn the heat up one degree. And for five, six, seven days, there's no change in the block of ice. Nothing has changed except the room has changed. It's warmer. It's just not at melting point. And so it takes what it takes to reach the arrival of what it takes to get the ice to start melting. So don't stop because the ice has, its, uh, you've warmed up the room. The nothing can undo the work you've done. It's just keep going and get to what starts to make those connections happen. They're there. So. Oh, I like that analogy a lot because it, it's true. You know, sometimes we'll say on our calls, we'll say two steps forward, one step back. Yep. Yep. That's it. One net step forward. You mm. still made a step forward. Right. So it, but it's easy to, to not track that right. When you're in it, you're like, oh, but this thing I want is still not here. And, uh, you know, to your point that, that part about, you know, it's easy to give up and to feel like nothing's happening, but it's similar to you plant a seed and you're like, oh, there's no flower. There's nothing happening. And it's like, it takes, sometimes it takes months, for something yeah. happen, but it is growing. And then, and then all of a sudden there it is. And where yes. does that come from? And when you said, oh, it isn't happening yet. It's not happening yet. Um, it's ha what's not so that the logic there is you that it in the sentence, it's not happening. You know what it is. Therefore, you are experiencing it. You know, you know it enough to know it's, quote, not happening. But if you know it, you are experiencing it. Does that make sense? So basically, you can have it happen in your inner life before you start experiencing it in the outside world. If you start to feel like affection and openness and playfulness within, it's happening. And it's only a matter of time before that starts to reflect in the world around you because yes. it reads. Yes. And I think that it is important to to honor that place of feeling stuck. Mm -hmm. a, lot of, um, a lot of the men I've worked with have said something to that effect of I feel stuck. I feel mm -hmm. like I know there's something more. I don't really know how to get there. I want, let's say a healthy relationship and none of my relationships thus far have been healthy. So <laughs> when you bring that point up, when you bring yes. that point up, it makes me think about something Constellation's work really addresses like no other I've ever experienced, which is the concept, which is very real, of a, what's called a legacy burden. If you have been making all kinds of efforts, like I did, I was like, 
not interested in what was going on with me. And I was 100% committed to finding a solution and I wasn't getting anywhere. It is because it's bigger than you alone. It's actually part of your family system. You have Your family system has something that needs witnessing and releasing. And so it's called a legacy burden that you have inherited a pattern that was passed down through your family. And you don't necessarily know that it's there. And Constellation's work reveals that. And it's like, like somebody took off a corset. It's such a relief. It's like you, you can finally breathe because it wasn't yours in the first place. You've been trying to solve something that can never be solved by you because it didn't start with you. Yeah. Let's give a couple examples of that. Sure. I think that unresolved grief Grief that has been mm. held and not resolved is an example of this. So for example, um, your mom, or let's say your even your grandma lost a child. Let's yeah. say your mom or grandma lost a child and they never really talked about it. And the family never really talked about it. And it, this could have been a miscarriage. It could have been an infant who didn't make it, it could have been a son that went off to a war. It could have been any of these, but if that original grief was not resolved, was not expressed and moved through the body and actually dealt with, then it can go, it can last, right? It can last. And this is not just fanciful talk. If you listened to, I think, I don't remember what number it is, but the podcast about, um, legacy epigenetics on, um, inherit essentially inherited family trauma. So if it lasts three generations, so let's say that your grandparents went through the great depression or a similar event in, in some other country, a very large event that affected everyone that was extremely challenging, then it will actually activate different parts of the genes in the progeny of that person down three generations. So their children and their children's children will be affected by that. Now, this is not a death sentence. This is not, you will carry this forever. The whole point of what we're talking about with family constellations is bringing that up, bringing it to light, having it be witnessed and held with love by the group changes something in the field. It yes. does something inexplicable, but real. And yes. then it's not, like you said, necessarily holding you back. So I don't know if you're willing to share, but can you say a little bit about what you got from your constellation back back then? Because something happened for yes. you that changed things. Yes, I can. The truth rises. It's just a fact. It's it's a it's like physics, right? Like fire is hot. If Fire is not hot. It is not fire. It's a fact. The truth is going to be revealed. It doesn't matter uh, how, how buried it is. And so if, to think, uh, in, to put it in context of your own situation, imagine you are in a relationship and you are, and you go out uh, today and you are doing some kind of, you're grocery shopping or something, and you encounter somebody um, and for whatever reason, they hit you across the face. 
And now imagine if you were to go and uh, you have an appointment with your partner and you just act like that didn't happen. And your partner's going to like not know that. Like you cannot hide a trauma from anybody. You cannot speak about it, but they're going to notice that something is hurting you. And so a parent raises a child holding the pain, never speaking about it, but the child absolutely knows that it's there and the field knows that it's there. And the child becomes a very profoundly loyal servant to that trauma to release their mother or father from that event and they take it on. And so in my uh, situation, I was coming from an experience like, and it's hard to explain to people the, how it feels to not even understand what a father is. Like I was, uh, they were divorced uh, the week I was born. And he, that I, the story is that he did hold me in his arms, but, you know, and so maybe I made eye contact with him. But other than that, there was an, there was nothing. There was nobody there. It was an, it was a, a nothingness. And you don't, there, the child is never going to ever conclude, hey, there's something missing. The child is only geared towards registering what's in happening in front of them. And so it never occurred to me that that was a problem. And so people would say, oh, where's your dad? Uh, and I'd say, oh, I don't have one. And they would look sad and, and they would say, oh, I'm so sorry. And I would truly be, why? I don't understand what you're talking about. And so then when I realized what an actual father gives you and that I didn't get it, (laughs) uh, I was very, very angry and uh, confused and overwhelmed by the grief of that. Uh, And I then identified that no, no matter what, I never separated my connection to him. He was in deep, deep pain, and so was I. I was matching his field. I was ready to go with him because I had a bond, energetic bond, to be close to him. And so our family systems are our identities, and we will die to stay part of them and to stay connected. We don't realize that we have these bonds. And a lot of times families that usually what we see in a constellation is that um, the, the, these uh, relatives, these elders, they absolutely do not want you to sacrifice, but you feel a need to stay connected to somewhat a sinking ship. Because the need to belong is the most important. It's the need to belong is more important than the need to be alive. It's strange. And that's one of the truths that constellations work has discovered. We, we will, and that's how you get the, the Japanese kamikaze fighters. They, it is more important to be Japanese than it is to be alive and they will die to be Japanese. And so we want to, and we do constellations work for such uh, situations where we look at the, the logic that's being given to that person. And then we slowly unravel that actually 
Nothing can disconnect you from your family system, nothing, but you don't know that yet. And so you can completely separate from all the stuff your parents are giving you. You can say, no, I'm, I'm going to shut you out. I'm not even going to talk to you. And it feels agonizing. But at the same time, you survive it because you cannot leave your family field. You're a part of it. Whether they decide to say that you are or not is, is their choice. They can be um, you know, unconscious and hurtful, but they cannot actually exclude you from the family system. It's not possible. In the same way, fire can never be cold. They, they don't have that power. And so the realization of that takes time and it, and it takes navigation and it has to be experiential. Talking about it intellectually helps prepare the system to have that experience. Like there, there was not going to be any way I was going to be able to receive my father's love until several years of like intellectual preparation for that. It just wasn't going to be possible. So that's why the talk therapy is very helpful. It's body and mind. A lot of trends these days is to villainize the mind or, or, and we can get caught up in narrative, but we need to hold space for the, the fact that our brains need to verbally discuss things. It's a preparation phase. And so, but we want to invite that mind to give another way a try, give another type of exploration and, and discovery a try. And so we have two, two halves of the brain. One is verbal and one is nonverbal. And our culture is totally dominated by the verbal brain. But that nonverbal brain is as strong as the verbal. And so constellations work does not listen to a long narrative of what you understand about your problem. And it's a relief because you can't find a solution from that same energy field. You are going to need to leave all that understanding and give a little space uh, to hear from a knowing in you and to see it uh, in uh, projected in three dimensions um, through relative strangers is an incredibly powerful experience. And the ability to really change is dependent on if you can experience it. Intellectual knowing does not make change. It makes preparation for change. But it is the experience that's going to really last. Once you experience, it's why movies are so powerful. You know, they affect us because we go on that journey. We believe the fiction. And it is true. That's the strange thing about fiction is how true it is. And so we set up what you could call fictions in Constellations work, but only because emotionally and energetically, that's what's true. So it's the language of the heart that, um, that is communicated in a constellation. And when you set up a constellation, you will, you will be shown something that is true. And so, for example, in your constellation, the original, yes, one, did you were you asked to you know choose someone to represent you? Choose yeah. someone to represent you. I can I can totally share that. Yeah, if you so, would be willing, I think it'd be helpful just to have a sense of what that 
can concretely look like? Yeah, absolutely. So technically, I um, I spoke to the facilitator who uh, was actually trained by the original um, developer of the work. He was one of Bert Hellinger's um, main students who studied with him his whole life. And he, he was from Germany. I, he, he had me sit next to him and he asked me a, a series of questions that were very specific and just really detailed. Like, how, uh, do you have any siblings? Um, are your parents together? And this and that. And so he just collected a little bit of information about the facts of my situation. And then he just said, choose somebody to represent your mother choose somebody to represent your father. And he did something interesting with me because he sensed uh, that was going to be appropriate. But most of the time you're asked to choose somebody to represent you. But this facilitator said, and you're going to be in your own constellation. And that might be because he recognized that um, I was going to be uh, a better match than anyone else in the room. He just made that decision. And he was absolutely right. So I participated as myself in the constellation. And what occurred was my mother wasn't able, the, the person uh, representing my mother was not able to ever lift her eyes off of the ground. She just couldn't stop staring at the ground. And she also couldn't stop kind of pacing around in a circle. And the person representing my father was really, really far away. And he practically needed to raise his voice to tell the facilitator, uh, I just, I, I am having trouble reaching her. And I feel like I want to reach uh, Jessica as well. And he was torn between who to go to. And the, the facilitator looked at me and he said, how does this uh, affect you? And I said, I want to go to him. And he said, let's wait. And then the constellation unfolded. And then what happened was the person representing my father and the facilitator basically looked at each other and had a realization. And the realization was, my father's a good guy. The, there was this moment of exchange between them. And, and they said to each other, he's a good guy. And the representative for my father said, he's funny. He's a great guy. And when I heard that, I burst into tears because I had, I had been informed by my, my mother's system that he was not a good guy. And I knew that he was. And when you, when a parent tell, when a parent tells their child that half of their origin is a bad, that affects them as feeling bad. <laughs> and so she didn't consciously have an awareness that was happening. But when I heard that he was a good guy, everything changed. I let him into my heart. And then there was no stopping me. I crossed the room and embraced him. And, and the facilitator, that's what he was waiting for. He needed me to recognize that he felt there was still a, an experiential shift that I needed to feel and then because I could say, I feel like going to him, the impulse wasn't there. It was an intellectual off, like removed impulse. But once that happened, there was no stopping the movement. And we call that a healing movement. And then uh, my, my father, 
I had never experienced my father look at me and I was able to receive this gaze and feel my father's love (laughs) for the first time ever. He loved me. He wasn't there. And so I thought that he didn't. And so when I received that love, everything about my life changed. The foundation came into place. The bottom stopped being pulled out from under me. I established a, okay, so the father basically validates the the child. They say, they look at you and they say, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. That's all the father really does. And my father didn't have that opportunity, but he absolutely would have done so if he had been able to. But the logistics of the divorce and the decisions that they both made didn't allow that. And I was the recipient of the downfall of that. But it turns out I I found a way to recover that energetic need. And it required me to be willing to be at peace with the fact that it's this is how it's going to happen for me. I cannot go back and get it from my actual father. Yes. And so I can't, it's, it's not going to happen in the practical world, but can it happen for my heart? Will I let it happen? And so I said, yes, I will. And then I was able to say, that's as much of a father connection I'm going to get in this world. And it's enough. I can work with that. I can work with, my imagination can now add to um, all of that experience. And I can now create a better narrative than I wasn't wanted, uh, I was abandoned, um, all kinds of stuff. I get to now rework in a positive direction. And it's really just a decision to allow the medium to do what it does. You can shut down any medium. It can be chiropractic. It can be uh, tapping. It can be anything. You assign it authority and you let it affect you or you stay resistant and stubborn and you shut it down and you criticize it and you complain and you want your money back and all of the things that keep your frustration safe. And then what we're dealing with is how long will it take for that frustration to become unbearable for you? And once it becomes unbearable, you're going to yield. And do you find that because I've been to a bunch of constellations now, and it seems like most people who actually show up in the room and are doing the work aren't that resistant. They seem pretty open to. You can tell right away. I mean, you can tell too. I mean, the whole room can tell right away the difference between someone who's going to receive information and someone who's going to um, analyze it. And we, it happens all the time. And it's part of a, it's part of a facilitator's job to, again, meet that person where they are. And the way I interpret that is their analytical mind is not ready to trust. And we're just in that process. And I don't judge that your analytical mind is your gatekeeper. Your analytical mind is what saved your life as a child. And it is absolutely imperative to respect that. It, it, there's no point in telling a a soldier who has devoted his whole life to stand guard at the door that he's dismissed. That hurts. You know, we want that soldier to come into the room with us and be a part of the thing that it it spent its life protecting. 
And so they're not excluded. I never exclude somebody who's mentally resistant. I honor that that it was this hard. It was that hard for them. It's going to take the length, the length of time it takes to reach that person's guard soldier. And I, I, I am a soldier. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I practice martial arts. And so I have a deep understanding and respect for service and, um, and, and duty. And I, in my constellations, I encourage people to always connect their service to a higher energy field so that, because if you're, you can be a soldier and in service to something negative. And so I encourage warriors of, so light workers. So I am in service to that, which helps people feel relief and joy. I'm a soldier to it. I will do what it takes. And what that means is I have to let go of my judgment. So I will do what it takes to let go of judgment. That's my job as a soldier. My soul, my, some facilitators come in and they just want to tell you, uh, it's this, you need to, you need to accept that this is the father you got. And that's a fight. That's a fight. I do not need to accept that that's the father I got. I can uh, absolutely take my time railing against that. And it's my journey and my process. And it is my right to take that time. I have a fire and it's burning. It was given to me by my life situation. And I am the only one who can determine how to navigate that fire so that it doesn't destroy my life. If I need it to burn, and this person who is supposedly trying to help me says, you should put that fire out. I'm like, this fire is burning and it needs to burn. It's a force of nature. So let it burn. And fighting with you is actually making it worse. So I'm leaving. (laughs) 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 And that happened most of the time when I was investigating the uh, traditional approaches to healing. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I can, I can, I can relate to that a little bit. (laughs) Um, I want to include a few other examples of what, what the modality can help with. So this is a real example from a man who showed up and said, um, I knew I had a lot of family trauma that I never worked through. My -hmm. mother had died of cancer back when I was 21 years old. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it stunted my growth emotionally. I felt I could not trust the concept of love because it might end up hurting me like it did before. Mm -hmm. Throughout my life, I had continued to pursue my dreams, goals, and friendships, but never had success in finding a life partner. So I think this is a good example of mm-hmm. there, are er- there are often areas of our life where it feels sort of like no matter how hard I try, it just yeah. feels like there's stuckness here. It just feels, it just, I keep trying to push this boulder up a hill and it keeps not going up the hill. And, mm-hmm. um, and this, person had a pretty, um, transformative experience, a pretty substantial constellation that was, you know, sort of to your point, traditional in the sense of, okay, choose someone to represent you, choose someone to represent your mom, choose someone to represent your dad, that kind of 
kind of thing. But I think the the direction it went in, the where where it went, nobody could have predicted that. And it was a pretty uh, extraordinary thing to witness and be a part of because what, what do you remember about the direction it took? Do you remember? Well, so this is a good example of um, I was a representative in that constellation and I have often found in, in a constellation where I am representing that it's sort of like being inside a dream. Mm. And so there's a little bit of like, fogginess about, I remember how I was feeling. I remember my experience, but I was not an objective observer. So I couldn't tell you here's ah, this and then that because I was in, in the, you in were the, where you were, I was where I exactly, I was where I was and I couldn't really track where and, other people were. And what did you way. experience in that, in that uh, representation? So, yeah. So I was chosen to represent the client's mother. And she was the one who she had, she had died when he was 21. And my experience was, um, feeling a lot of care, feeling a lot of love and care, and also feeling a certain amount of distraction. Like it was Mm. hard to concentrate. There was some amount of focus loss, that kind of thing. Um, but what I remember at the end, so we did a bunch of work and people shifted around. And at the end, I could see my son across the yard with his partner. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a wedding taking place. And I remember feeling really mm-hmm. happy that he was thriving. That was kind of what I wanted, but I didn't know how to get there. I remember this constellation and I remember you in that representation. And I remember every question that I would ask you while you were in that representation, you would start to try to answer and couldn't speak. Your mouth would open and you couldn't get communication to occur. And so when that started to occur, um, I needed to decide, uh, what I was going to focus on. So one thing we could have done is gone in the direction of discovering why this particular woman was having so much trouble speaking. But because of circumstances and also mostly because of how many people were at the workshop, we would need a larger group of people to investigate that. Um, What I ended up deciding was to guide the the person receiving the constellation uh, towards just seeing who that person was. And it's possible in another uh, setup that we could investigate what brought the mother to that state. And that could be helpful. But I felt that the first order of business was to see her have have an, a, an objective perspective on who that was. She's not able to communicate. We need to be at peace with that fact before we can move on. And if that's not in place yet, it won't matter if we investigate why. <laughs> and so th- that's the, the nature. There are layers. If you're dealing with a big uh, um, juggernaut of an issue, you're not going to be able to solve it all at once. You're going to get um, what you need immediately for the next step. 
And so the next step for this particular client was to meet his mother where she was and to let that happen. And when that happened, he was a, a wedding spontaneously erupted. It was incredible. And that I think has something to do with the energy of the mother, like a mother's wishes are as strong as God. Like if a mother wishes something for you, uh, it's going to happen. And that's what I think she wasn't, this representative was not able to speak in words, but what she was able to do was bring an energy to the event. And I think that was what, what occurred there. It's layers and layers, but one of the other aspects of that particular constellation was how it is so important to just focus on the person receiving the constellation because the knowing field is, it's the definition of meaning. Everything is going to have meaning and there's going to be all kinds of directions you can go in and they're going to be meaningful to the people in the group. But a lot of times a facilitator will follow a pathway of meaning and, and like 30 minutes later, look over to the client and they weren't on board. And so we always, every two or three minutes, look back at the client because it's all about what they need now, uh, because the field is going to going to go where it can, it, it'll go anywhere and it will be meaningful. And so the facilitator needs to keep the client connected to the events. That's very difficult. And it's a little scary because it means you're going to push them into being vulnerable. And, uh, and I, it's, it's hard to do that. Um, but we want that experiential um, process to open them up. And so I, I focused mainly, instead of focusing on, uh, let's learn more about the mother, which I would love to, uh, she looked like a very gentle soul, um, which might or might not correspond to how she behaved in life, but the soul is what you see in a constellation. And so uh, that, that could be something that could be explored, but the main thing would be uh, to look at the logic that the client is um, mainly dealing with and grappling with and how, where is, what correction in the error of logic can happen today? And Constellation's work is not a cure-all in that it's the same thing, same concept as like, you're never going to eat once and for all. You know, like you're not going to be done eating. You're going to cycle through being full and then slowly getting hungry again. Healing is an expansion process. And so you are ready for the meal that you get. You take it in, process it, and then you expand and you're ready for the next thing to discover and explore. And ultimately what does happen, and I'm here to tell you, <laughs> you get well and you're ultimately starting to decide, well, if I don't have a problem, what will I do with the energy that I have left over from not having to deal with the problem? I didn't know. I'm still kind of like, how expansive can this get? <laughs> and so healing is absolutely possible. It's inevitable because the truth rises. You are a healing system. Watch yourself. Cut your, it, you, you cut your finger and before your eyes. It vanishes. The, the wound heals up. 
if you stay out of the way and you don't keep opening up the wound, you're going to heal that, that cut naturally. It's a system in place. If we can get out of the, get all of the obstacles out of the way of our psychology that are churning and keeping the wound open, it's going to go away. And so the question is, is what does it take to get out of the way to let the nature of the event heal? And constellations is one way to discover what that might be. I think that's a great description of it. And as we start to wrap here, I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to access. So how can people that are interested in learning more find a facilitator in their area? What kinds of things are going on? It feels like this is still this is still a modality that's spreading in in North America. It's a lot it seems like it's a lot more established in Europe. Yeah. Can you say a little bit about where people can find out more that want to be involved? Yeah, it is uh, definitely very new in the United States. And it has an SEO problem because it sounds like it's about the stars. <laughs> it sounds like it's about a, astronomy. <laughs> so const- constellations work is what it's called for short, but family systems constellations is the uh, original. And a lot of times, see, these uh, these facilitators, they don't necessarily take into account how to get found on Google. <laughs> so, so we have to, um, it's word of mouth at this point, but this is a grass, grassroots, uh, very interesting time. And one of the things I'm going to hopefully develop in the next year or so is an app that uh, lists facilitators in your area, kind of like an event right for events, but for constellations. Um, but before I do that, I'm hopefully going to be putting on my website, a list of, um, facilitators, at least in the area, the West coast. So there's facilitators in Seattle, um, and that I know of, and then there's some online, but I want to caution people that online constellations is equivalent to like vegan ice cream. It's not ice cream. It's great. But don't think it's the same thing as constellations work. I highly recommend giving it a try and it might be the perfect thing and it's going to do its own thing. It's a, it is an offshoot and it's, it's on its own evolutionary path, but it is not going to be tactile. It's going to be two-dimensional surface visuals. So when you're in the room with somebody, it's a totally different game, totally different situation. So I highly recommend before doing who who knows how it ever turns out for people but i recommend doing an in person constellation before trying the online because it will inform what they're expecting you to have in place when you're dealing with people online um but as um in terms of how to find somebody give it a try to google but um say google Con- constellations workshop in wherever you are and that some somebody might come up, um, or uh, you can get in touch with Melanie or me. And depending on where you are, um, we can give you links. We can send you links as to how to get in touch. Yes, and if you're in the Southern California area, you can go to Jess's workshops, which you absolutely out once a month. And if you have your own group that you would want to constellate with, you can also do your own. Oh practice. yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. I see. So um, I definitely hold in-person workshops once a month. And then very often 
amazing, beautiful people say, hey, let's schedule another one. And they do. And we host it here in my backyard. And um, and it's it, when that happens, it's it's truly magical healing movements when a, a group of people come together intentionally to discover things is like it's you can't ask for a better condition it's amazing um and other than that i would just say there's a book that's called the what's it called it's called the um the constellation approach that's a very good uh, you know text introduction to the work and then and my teacher in the show notes. Sure. Yeah. And then my teacher, my, my primary teacher for constellations was named Stefan Hausner. He wrote a book called, even if it costs me my life. And that is talking about the, the, the physics of the loyalty we have to our family systems that run our lives. And uh, he just basically in that book, he describes his thought processes through constellations that he has set up. So it's called, um, even if it costs me my life, that book. That's another way to learn about this. And I really hope to, uh, to meet you. Um, if you, this sounds interesting, if you're in the LA area, you are welcome to join us in the knowing field. Oh, I like that. Let's leave it there. Hey everyone, if you are a frequent listener, you are already familiar with our training. Jason and I offer a free training and you can find that at evolutionary.men slash training if you're interested in going deeper than the podcast. But what I wanted to update you on was that if you want to go even deeper and you're ready to do a live event, Jason is leading a live event for our community and that is at the end of July. It's the last weekend of July in Northern California. You can find more information at evolutionary.men slash retreat. I will be there. So if you've been wanting to check out the work in person, go deeper, get connected to other men who care, who are doing the work and facilitators who care and are doing the work, please check that out at evolutionary.men slash retreat. <music>